Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariya on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu Bismillahirrahmanirrahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wassalatu wassalam ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamar rahimin We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his love we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the love of those actions that will gain his love. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the love of those people that he loves. Um, in this special month of Sha'ban, which has just begun, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to witness the blessed month of Ramadan. Ameen. Uh, we don't know when our time comes. Uh, and so when, we would, when the Sahaba and the early generations would get close to Ramadan, it's like it's so close. Like it's right there. It's like when my man Haytham was about to get married, man. Like, it was right there. So he used to make a lot of dua, oh Allah, let me live just long enough to see her face. You know what I mean? Sorry, I had to call him out. Uh, the, uh, the point is, as you get closer to something that you know is really good for you, then, then, then the fear of not reaching it grows, 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 grows. Um, and so that's why when Ramadan would come, uh, when Shaban would come, it's so close. It's like, I don't want to leave the world before I get that blessing of Ramadan. And so just make that dua in your heart. Allahumma balligna Ramadan. Oh Allah, please let me get to the month of Ramadan. Because I don't know about you guys, but we have a lot of sins. I have a lot of sins from this last year. And Ramadan is that place where those sins are expiated and taken away, inshallah ta'ala. Um, so tonight is our 14th session of Know Thy Enemy. Takbir. MashaAllah. That means uh, for 14 weeks... Shaitan has been hot, hotter than he normally is, uh, upset with us because we are learning how to protect ourselves uh, from his plans and how he tries to get us off the track. Um, and today, tonight, inshallah ta'ala, I want to talk about one of the last uh, satanic qualities um, that perhaps in my estimation is the most important one. It's the most important satanic quality um, to protect yourself from. Um, and also, uh, because it is our final, I asked a, a special uh, guest, a friend of mine, a scholar, to come and bless us with some words on this same topic. So when I wrap it up, inshallah, he'll come and discuss. And last but not least, there's a brother dear to my heart who we have been teaching about Islam for quite a few months. Um, and the brother is ready to take his shahada. Uh, so I know Shaitan is hot about that too. Uh, so uh, let's get right into this topic, inshallah ta'ala. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Um, we went through so much in these last 13 sessions. 
We went through all these different things that we have to do to protect ourselves. There's ways that shaitan attacks us regarding our actions. Telling us, you don't need the action, you're good. Telling us to procrastinate the action. Telling us to do the action so that other people see it. We talked about all these different ways in which shaitan attacks the actions that we're doing. And then we talked about how shaitan attacks or tries to disturb the relationships we have. How shaitan loves nothing more than to see a family break up. Because when those people break up, so much fitna comes in the community because of that. People talking and all types of stuff. And then we talked about a tribalism and kind of fighting for my people regardless of the truth. And we talked about how shaitan attacks our mind. Tonight, I want to talk about a satanic quality. The Prophet Sallallahu we'll start with the Prophet Sallallahu The Prophet Sallallahu started his message with one common theme. And the common theme is the Prophet Sallallahu he stands on this, this mountain in front of all of these Meccan people. After this verse has been revealed, The verse was revealed, O Muhammad, tell your family about this message. Tell your people close to you about Allah. Tell them about the Akhirah. Tell them about all of this. And so the narration says that the Prophet ﷺ, he goes up in front of everyone. And he says, Ya ma'ashir al-Quraysh, O people, listen up. Ishtaru anfusakum. Buy your own souls. Buy your own souls. You, one thing we talked about this, this whole session is your mind and your, you are valuable. You are priceless. And the re, you're, you're so valuable that shaitan is happy by just each and every one of us that follows him. He's happy because another soul that Allah created with his own hands is now in the hellfire. So the Prophet Sallallahu is standing in front of everyone. I want you to picture this. And he says, Ishtaru anfusakum. Buy your own self. Meaning through your actions, through all you do, save yourself. And then he says, La ugni ankum min Allahi shay'a. He goes, I can't help you at all. I, I'm here with you. I'm present with you. But I can't help you at all. He, then he calls his family. He goes, Ya Abdul Manaf. That's like his broader family. It's like me calling all my African American heads. Yo, peoples. I can't. Some of us up in here represent. <laughs> I can't help you at all. I can't help you. And then he goes closer. He goes, Ya Abbas. He calls his uncle. He goes, Ya Abbas. La ugni ankum min Allahi shay'a. I can't help you on the day of judgment at all. Wa ya Safiya. Oh, Safiya, my aunt. That was his aunt. La ugni ankum min Allahi shay'a. I can't help you. What's he trying to say? Then he goes deeper. He finally gets to one of the most beloved souls to him. And one of the most beloved souls to him is none other than Fatima. And he says, Ya Fatima, Ya Fatima, Fatima, Salini ma shitta min mali. You can ask me whatever you want from my money. But on the day of judgment, I can't help you. Tonight, I want you to understand that the whole foundation of what the Prophet ﷺ taught is about accountability. Nobody will stand up for you on the day of judgment. You have to stand there for yourself. You have to face the consequences of what you did in this life. Now, shaitan is quite the contrary. Shaitan from day one is someone that cannot face the results of his own actions. He cannot take accountability for what he did. And so tonight's class is about about the ability to take 
the blame, the ability to be accountable for what you do versus the satanic quality of always trying to blame somebody else. If we look at Surah Tahrim, and it's about are other people controlling your narrative or are you going to control your narrative? Everything we taught in these 13 days about how shaitan wants to do this, he wants to do that, at the bottom, at the end of the day, it's about are you going to control your narrative or let someone else control your narrative for the day of judgment? In Surah Tahrim, we're told about two groups of people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Allah says, I want to tell you the example of two women who disbelieved. The wife of Noah and the wife of Lot. Two prophets of God. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they were living with, they were living with two righteous, pious friends of God. But it didn't benefit them at all. There was no benefit from that. You could have sat in all 13 of these classes, learned every trick of shaitan we talked about. But if you're not ready to take control your narrative, if you're, if you're going to play that blame game, that satanic blame game, you will not be happy on the day of judgment. You won't. You can't. And I'm going to explain more how. Then the Quran goes forward. It tells, he tells Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلَ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِمْرَأَةَ فِرْعَوْنَ on the other side, we have a, a, another woman who wasn't going to let society and her circumstances dictate her narrative on the day of judgment. Who is this? The wife of Pharaoh. What does Allah say about her? She was living in the worst, she was living under the most oppressive man one could think of. But despite that, she took responsibility for her narrative on the day of judgment. Now, I don't know if you get it yet, but one of the common threads of the people of hellfire, write this down, a common theme of the people of hellfire throughout the Quran is they constantly blaming other people for where they're at. They're constantly blaming other people for where they're at. Here's one example. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and they can't, they can't take the blame. They can't take it for themselves. Allah says, only if you could see, only if you could see when the oppressive people are standing in front of Allah, pointing the finger at one another, pointing the finger at one another. The people that were always followers of others, they will say to the arrogant ones, the ones that, were, that they were following, Lola antum, see, blame game. Lola antum lakunna mu'minin. If it wasn't for y'all, we would have been on the right side. If it wasn't for y'all, we would be here, we would be in Jannah today, we'd be good. Look, let me pause, hold up. How is this a satanic quality? The moment Iblis got the chance, the, the test from God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created, created Adam. He put Adam in front of all of the creation, all of the jinn, all of the malaika. And he says, look at this beautiful creation that I have created. The best of form. And he said, bow down to what I created. You know the story. But look at it from this perspective. Iblis can't do it. So sometimes we like to say that the, the, the most satanic quality is arrogance. 
entitlement. Those are horrible, and we talked about them. But that's not really where he messes up, y'all. The place that he really messes up is the follow-up. The place that he really messes up is not that. Kullu bani Adam Everyone sins, y'all. Arrogance? Raise your hand in here if you ain't got arrogance. If you raise it, you... Yeah, I'm good. At, yeah, I got over that one last week. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Raise your hand if you ain't never looked down on somebody. Where is his sin? Where is the satanic quality? What happens is after he messes up, after he messes up, what does he say? Oh Allah, because you, there it is, the blame game. Oh Allah, because of you, because of you, because of you, because of you. Stop blaming your ex-husband. Stop blaming your deadbeat dad. Stop blaming your absentee mom. Sorry if it hit a point. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. But it's just everyone you're blaming, you can't come on the day of judgment and, and do the satanic trait of, of, it was your fault, God. It was your fault. The wife of Pharaoh she controlled her narrative. If there's anyone that could have came on the day of judgment and be like, yo, I need to get out of jail. Free car. If there's anyone that has that, the wife of Pharaoh, for sure. But she controls her narrative by taking accountability. And this is the first thing that the prophet does when he's given the message to his family. He says to his, his daughter, I love you. Ask me whatever you want. But you best believe one thing. You got to stand by yourself on the day of judgment. You can't blame me for nothing. So this verse is, He says, oh Allah, because of you, because you misguided me. Now I'm going to sit on this pathway. When I read this verse for prep today, you know what I thought about? You ever see those kids that be throwing the tantrum and they just sit in the aisle? See, 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 a lot of the things that we talk about here, Sheikh Abdul Nasser, Ustad Murphy, Mufti, a lot of things we talk about in our halakha is spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. Just the same way there's an age in life that you kind of realize that I'm responsible for what happens to me. Spiritually, there's a point where you realize that's the same thing. And, and Satan is playing, that he, he's being an infant right now. Because you this to me, I'm sitting down, I ain't moving. I ain't moving my spot. And then from there, the hatred comes. The hatred comes. And we talked about that. Uh, the, the, the satanic quality is not uh, atheism. It's, it's, it's misotheism. He hates God. He hates God. Because he didn't realize. Listen to this. He did not realize that his biggest test was his biggest opportunity. It ain't easy, y'all. Life is hard, man. But that big test you're going through right now, that ain't a reason to be angry to God. That difficulty you're struggling through right now, that's your biggest opportunity in front of the angels. That's your biggest flex on the day of judgment. That's your biggest chance right there. It's just Shaitan wants you to see it. God hates you. God hates you. God hates you. So you can hate God. 
And the prophet's like, nah, I got, look at my life. Look what I struggled through. And I still loved him because the test wasn't hatred, it was love. Satan didn't realize that that moment that he failed, even when he failed, this is the beautiful part about me and you. He failed, he sits down, I'm not moving. Then he creates hatred for Adam because it's your fault. Adam like, I just was created, y'all, I just got on the scene. Why are you angry with me? I know Adam must have been like, yo, I'm born with haters, yo. I come in the world with haters. He must have been like, where this dude from? SubhanAllah. That's like, man, never mind, whatever. But no, just think about this. Adam makes a mistake too. This is what makes me and you so special. This is what makes me and you so special. You can become shayateen or you can become angels. The, the, the human quality is that you realize your mistake. And when, and, when, and when Adam makes the mistake, what does he do? The Quran tells us, that Allah calls on Adam and Eve. Didn't I tell you not to do that? See, slip up, slip up, undoubtedly. Shaitan slipped up too. We're one for one. We're one for one. Then what happens next? Didn't I tell you, watch out for that cat over there? That dude there is shady. They were new to the game. They didn't expect it. The Mufassideen say they didn't expect someone to lie to them like that. What did they say right there? It was your fault. It's his fault. It's their fault. Mm -mm. They said, Ya Allah. This is the human part, y'all. Oh Allah, I wronged myself. And, and this is the crazy part, yo. Like, ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا like the whole Christian narrative is like Eve came up to Adam like, yo, peep this apple out. Let's place all that on her. The Quran is like both of them. They came, they're like, yo, we messed up. Hold up. Come here, Rafi. You ain't going nowhere. Ya Allah, we messed up. The beauty, the beauty lies in that, that recognition of accountability. Not passing the blame. And just imagine what that does in a society, in a family, in all of our relationships with Allah. The foundation is your ability to be like, Ya Allah, I messed up. The scholars, they say, uh, Imam Awza'i, he says that Adam cried, cried. They say Adam cried for 70 years because of his mistake. You know what? All that energy Shaitan was using as a hater, he could have used that energy other ways. It's going to take just as much energy for you to read a negative narrative as it's going to take for you to read a positive narrative. I don't think y'all get what I'm trying to say. Once he made a mistake, he has been working so hard against Allah, against Adam. All that energy could have went towards what Adam did. Adam made a mistake, but his energy went not towards hatred, but realizing I have made a mistake. Ya Allah, forgive me. 
Rabbana zalamna anfusana. One narration, it says that Qatada, he says that Adam alayhi salam, he said, Ya Rabbi, ara'ayta in tubtu. He said, Ya Allah, what, what if I seek tawbah? What if I come back to you? What if I return to you and I ask for forgiveness? Imam Qatada says, then Allah said to him, Ithan adakhalukal jannah. I'll let you enter Jannah, you're back. Every single prophet, let's begin. Adam. What does Adam say? Rabbana zalamna anfusana. We, we messed up, Ya Allah. Yunus. Yunus. Yunus has an amazing story. He left the town before he was supposed to leave. Jonah. He's on the ship. The storm comes. Everybody's like, whoa, the weather got choppy out of nowhere. The captain's like, yeah, I know what this is. Somebody on this ship messed up. They draw lots. Yunus is like, I already know it's me. Just throw me overboard. Threw him overboard. The whale swallowed him. The fish swallowed him. He's in the darkest place of his life, like some of us right now. He's in the darkest place of his life. The darkness of the belly, the darkness of the sea, and the darkness of night. Three darknesses on top of each other. In that moment, what did he do? Oh, Allah, it's your fault. Oh, Allah, it's your fault. You didn't tell me what to do. You didn't give me the whole game plan. No. What did he say? La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu min Ya Allah, you are great. I messed up. I messed up. I messed up. The craziest part, the craziest part is um, Musa. We talked last week about Musa punching the guy in the face and he dies. He made a mistake. He said, this is from shaitan. But right after that, did he blame? Ya Allah, you put me here? Ya Allah, it's his fault he was getting rowdy? I had to check him. <laughs> no. He, 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 he took that. He said, no. He said, he, the verse says, Rabbi inni dhalamtu nafsi faghfirli. I messed up. I messed up. What I want you to realize tonight is that what Satan hates the, the most from you is for you to be one who admits your faults because that's the one thing he could never do. And one way he does it is keep telling you you're good. You're good. Sheikh don't know what he's talking about. There's a Google Sheikh told me something else. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You never do Toba. Why? Because you're good. You're good. Mm-mm. Every night, return back to Allah. Upset shaitan by showing him, I can do what you can't do. Rabbi inni dhalamtu nafsi faghfirli. I have trouble with so many, I have trouble with so many rulings of Allah. They're hard, y'all. But one thing I don't do is say, Rabbi, it's your fault. You're the one that made me do it. Uh-uh. It's my fault, Ya Allah. I'm weak. I'm weak. And last but not least, the Prophet said, I'm leaving ta'if. If there was any moment where someone could blame God, it was this moment. The Prophet ﷺ, literally, literally, wife has passed away. Uncle has passed away. All support is gone. He's in another city giving dawah. And he's kicked out, stoned, with his son walking next to him. Covered in blood. And in that moment, where does he place the blame on? Air quotes. Where does he place the blame? You just failed a, a test and you blaming your mom. You didn't get a job, that's all. And you blaming your dad. He was stoned and rejected out of the city, but he ate the blame. This was, he said literally, 
I complain of my weakness. This is the prophetic mentality. This is the prophetic mentality. I want to read this verse because even though this is the craziest part, there's a verse in Surah Ibrahim. This is amazing. And our, our guest shake is going to go into this a little bit too. Y'all all wondering who it is. <laughs> MashaAllah. MashaAllah, man. Someone I learned a lot from, MashaAllah. قال الشيطان لما قضي الأمر إن الله وعدكم وعد الحق. Listen to this verse. Hold up. Ibn Abbas, he says, listen to this. He says that in hellfire, in the fire of hell, the people of hellfire will go to shaitan and they will say, we were with you. We followed you. Now help us in this moment. The narration Ibn Abbas says, you can check Qurtubi, Tabrani, everyone. It says that shaitan will have a member. You know what a member, like in the masjid, shaitan will have a member of fire. And he'll stand on that member and give this talk, this lecture that you're going to listen to right now. Powerful. When everything is decided and the people of hell are there and the people of Jannah are in Jannah, Allah give us that. Shaitan will say these words on his member of fire in front of people that followed his way. He'll say to them, listen up. Allah promised you a true promise. And I promise you and I broke my promise. I didn't have any power over you. I didn't turn that computer on, that radio on, that TV on. I didn't slide in nobody's DMs. You did that. That's you. I didn't have no power over you. I called you. I called you. You responded. We t I told you in like class three, when you're walking down the street in a main metropolitan city and somebody goes, hey, yo, 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 you don't look at them. You game if you look. You keep walking. The one that looks is like, that's him. We got her. <laughs> he says, I called you and you looked. I called you, you responded. That satanic thought that comes, what did we say? You don't sit there and like rational, rational with the satanic thought. You get a thought in your head and you're like, wait, let's analyze that. No. <laughs> that thought comes, you go, stop fear Allah. La ilaha illallah. You don't start doing your dhikr, whatever. <laughs> Keep moving. He says, all I did was call you, you responded. Don't respond. Keep moving. A lot of us respond by getting caught up on the call. Let me break the hold up. A lot of us respond because we get really stressed that that thought even came. Nah, that's Shaitan's job. He's going to keep throwing those weird thoughts. You got to be like, yeah, yeah, you crazy, kid. Let me keep rolling. You crazy. Let me keep going. The moment you pause to focus on it, he's like, got him. Keep going. So what does he say? Subhanallah. I had no power over you. I had no power over you. All I did was call and you responded. That's all I did. Look what he says next. Don't blame me, blame yourself. 
after all this, after all this, you have the nerve to say to me, don't blame me, blame yourself. <laughs> don't blame me. Don't blame me. Blame yourself. You had a choice. You had a chance. You had an opportunity. You sat through 13 sessions where we broke down this man's, this way he tries to attack us. You had a choice. So he says, don't blame me. But blame yourself. I can't hear your calls and uh, uh, respond to your screams on this day and you won't respond to my screams on this day. I don't know you. I don't know you, yo. Get out of here. What am I trying to show you? A satanic quality that the people of hellfire have is they want to pass the blame. That tells us that an angelic and a prophetic quality that all of us in this room have to create within ourselves is the ability and the strength to, to, to love correction. I'm almost done. Listen, this is crazy. Who, who do we know Shaitan used to run away from? Omar. Omar. What do we know about Omar? Radiallahu ta'ala an. We know that Omar, huh? Omar loves correction. Omar loves to be, he loves, listen to this, he loves truth more than he loves himself. He loves truth more than he loves himself. Omar loves for people to set him straight. When Omar became the Khalifa, there was a group of Sahaba around him. And he, and he was upset. He was worried. He's like, what am I going to do? They're like, why are you so sad? He's like, what if I'm, I, I go off track? One of the Sahaba, they said, if you go off track, we're going to snatch you up and put you back on the track. He says these words. He says, Alhamdulillah, ashab Alhamdulillah, Allah has given me such people that when I go crooked, they bring me back. He loves truth more than he loves himself. I missed Fajr in the masjid the other day. I prayed it. <laughs> One of my boys in the room right here, smooth. He messaged me. He's like, Shake, by the way, they changed Fajr 15 minutes early tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, Jazakallah, yo. Thank you. I'm trying to be there. I want you to hold me, hold me up to, to the standards that I believe in. He did it smooth, too. The, the time change, Shake. I don't even, he's here somewhere, I don't know where he at. The other brothers was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> you know, I could have been in the other side, you know what I mean? On the other side of the stuff, you know, you ain't see me. Inshallah. <laughs> in, the, in the battle of Hudaybiyah, I'm going to wrap it up in a moment. The battle of Hudaybiyah, the, this was a crazy moment. I have no time to go deep into it. Basically what happens is Umar radiallahu an starts questioning the prophet like hard. Religion true? Why are we taking, like like really hard. Later on, he was wrong. He realized he was wrong. Do you know he gave sadaqah to fix that mistake? You ever, I told y'all, you ever think about a moment that was cringe and you just like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. It happened to me, class like six, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> you think of a moment, every time you think of it, you're like, oh, I can't believe I said that, dang, right? Every time Omar would think about that moment. <laughs> I didn't mean that, y'all. 
It's all good. Don't even ask. Stop asking. Stop asking. That's backbiting. If anybody shares that moment, that is backbiting. It's not even that big. Chill out. All right, Bismillah. No, seriously, all jokes aside. All jokes aside. In the battle of Hudaybiyah, hear me out. In the battle of Hudaybiyah, he makes a mistake. He speaks too harshly to the prophet. But whenever he, alayhi salam, whenever he thinks about that moment, he's like, I got to give charity. I'm accountable for that. For the rest of his life, he remembered. Now, he didn't obsess. Scholars will tell you, you commit a sin, you do toba, you got to keep moving. Don't obsess. But his nature was such, he, was, he always felt. He was Khalifa one time. He said, If a camel dies in the corner of my, of my khilafah, I'm worried Allah will question me about it. Meaning these people, they, they extended their accountability, not shrunk it. They, they extended their accountability. So Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, when we say shaitan ran from him, I think what I learned from that is shaitan will run from me too if I become someone who is open to correction. Open, you tell me when I mess up. Because I love truth more than I love myself. And the moment you love yourself more than truth, shaitan's got you. Accountability. That brings us to Tawbah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm about to wrap it up because we have, mashallah, uh, you know, someone more knowledgeable than myself uh, is going to share some knowledge with us, inshallah, on this topic. And uh, I've been going hard on this, like, sh the plots of shaitan, right? And uh, the next scholar, he's going to really definitely, like, lighten it up because we're strong. And the plan of shaitan is weak. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to just leave you with two things, I'm gonna say two. There are two things that will protect all of us from shaitan. There's a hadith narrated, a Tabrani narrates this narration, that the Prophet says that in Isra and Mi'raj, he saw a man, listen to this narration. I saw a man from my ummah. He could be talking about you, could be talking about me. He said, I saw a man from my ummah. The shaitan were all around this person, kicking him around like a ball, kicking her around like a ball to the club, to this spot, to that spot, that drink, that thing, kicking this person around like a ball. This person's zikr of Allah came, saved them from these shayateen, pulled them out. If there's one thing I want to leave these 14 sessions with, we need to all be more attached to the dhikr of Allah. Subhanallah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. Remembrance of Allah. The moment you walk in your house, bismillah, salamu alaikum. Shaitan's like, man, can't stay there tonight. About to drink something, bismillah. Shaitan's like, I can't, can't eat that. One narration. Abdullah, uh, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, he says, the shaitan of a mu'min met the shaitan of a kafir. The shaitan of the mu'min was weak and the shaitan of the kafir was big. فَقَالَ مَا لَكَ He's like, what's up with you? You need some uh, protein shake, something. What's up with you? Why you look so weak? 
He said, I don't get anything. I don't get sleep. I don't get food. I don't get drink. Why? Because my assignment always remembers God on everything she or he or she does. You wonder why there's fitna at your home? You ain't saying bismillah when you open that door. Open the door. Bismillah. Bismillah. Shaitans are gone. So dhikr of Allah. If there's one thing I can leave you after all of these sessions, dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I wrote like five things down. I was going to say this. Stay in good company. Protect your heart. Never be alone. Stay in good company, basically. Never lose hope. Shaitan loves that. Stay engaged in good. Idle mind, as my mom said, is a devil's workplace. Always do dhikr. And when you deal with others, stay humble. Stay humble. Stay humble. Inshallah, we're going to end khitamuhu misk. We're going to end. I'm going to ask uh, Sheikh Abdul Nasser, founder of Qalam, Allahu Akbar, is going to be sharing some final words uh, about the weakness of the plots of shaitan, inshallah. After Sheikh Abdul Nasser is done, we have a uh, brother, Emmanuel, who wants to take his shahada. Uh, inshallah, is Emmanuel here? Okay, cool. After, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair, inshallah. Uh, Sheikh Abdul Nasser, inshallah. Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu Alhamdulillah So, mashallah, Sheikh Mikail has very thoroughly and uh, exhaustively detailed out this topic of the traps and the different tricks of shaitan In conclusion so first and foremost, let me say this much, that whenever we have an understanding that in Islam, whenever we develop our understanding of something, we do it based off of everything that we have in the Quran and everything we have in the Sunnah, the tradition of the Prophet We don't pick and choose, right? We don't kind of take one thing and then just develop our complete understanding from one thing. And the principle that the scholars of Usul state is that parts of the Quran explain other parts of the Quran and parts of the prophetic tradition help us understand other parts of the prophetic tradition and the prophetic tradition helps us understand the Quran and vice versa. It all complements one another. So Allah has stated in the Quran, You probably heard that early on. That indeed, Allah says it with emphasis, shaitan is an enemy. He is an enemy for you. So take him as an enemy. Meaning, have your guard up. Do not let your guard down. Be mindful, be vigilant, be on the defensive that is true, and that is why we've talked about it for this many sessions. However, another thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also states in the Quran very explicitly and clearly is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also tells us in Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 76, about, interestingly, a very difficult moment. 
it was a moment when the Muslims were under attack. Not figuratively, but quite literally. Muslims were being killed, they were being murdered, they went to sleep at night not knowing if they would wake up again. It was a really, really difficult situation. So the Muslims had to fight in order to defend their lives. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, but, and the Muslims were outnumbered three to one, four to one, and sometimes even more than that. So it was very daunting. It was heavy. How are we supposed to keep doing this? We're like lambs to the slaughter. And Allah said, no, 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 no. You're believers. So you fight for Allah. And the people that you are fighting against, they are demons. And they fight for shaitan. So do not feel weak in front of the army of Satan. Why? Because Allah says, Because the plan of shaitan is weak. So Allah tells us also in the same Quran, where Allah tells us, He is an enemy, be mindful, be vigilant. In the same Quran, Allah is also telling us, shaitan is weak. Shaitan is weak. And I wanted to detail out some of the moments from the life of the Prophet ﷺ that demonstrate and show shaitan being weak. It's narrated in Sahih Bukhari that on the day of, on the, day of the battle of Badr, when the enemies of the Islam, the enemies of the Prophet ﷺ showed up with the numbers favoring them three to one, and they showed up with drums, they showed up with party gear, right? They had already planned out the parade. Everything was set. They were ready to party. They were already planning the celebration. And shaitan showed up there on the day of the Battle of Badr to egg them on. And he was, you know, with his chest out, really enjoying the moment. And Allah, the Prophet ﷺ made dua to Allah. He told the companions, put your faith and your trust in Allah. And they did that. And before you realized, before anyone realized, وَلَقَدَ نَصَرَكُمْ اللَّهُ بِبَدْرٍ وَأَنْتُمْ أَذِلَّةِ بِخَمْسَةِ آلَافٍ مِّنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ مُسَوِّمِينَ Allah tells us that Allah's help came to them at Badr. 5,000 angels. Jibreel alayhi salam at the front of a battalion of 5,000 angels came riding down from the heavens, from the sky. And the narration mentions, When shaitan saw the angels coming down, he got scared and he turned around and he ran away. That's shaitan. In another narration, it tells us, the Prophet ﷺ tells us, authentic narration of Bukhari and Muslim, Abu Hurairah narrates, The Prophet ﷺ says that when the adhan is called, like in a little while when we call the adhan for Isha, when the adhan is called, Adbara shaitan. Shaitan will run away from here. And while he's running away, 
the sanitized translation, he'll be breaking wind. Don't understand? He'll be losing his wudu. <laughs> Literally, the Prophet said, think about how terrified and frightened he is that while he's running, he's losing control of his body and he's like breaking wudu. Not that shaitan has wudu, but you get what I mean. <laughs> right? But he's like, <laughs> while he's running, think about how humiliating that is. Try to envision that. I don't want to. He said, I don't want to. Smart man. Smart man. Right? But that's shaitan. I'm not afraid of him. The guy who runs around outside in the parking lot of the masjid, <laughs> cutting the cheese everywhere. I'm not, why would I be afraid of that guy? All I have to say is, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, and gone. That's who he is. He's nothing. The Prophet ﷺ, some of the Sahaba came to the Prophet ﷺ and they said, Ya Rasulullah, sometimes when we're trying to pray, sometimes when we're trying to worship, sometimes we're trying to make dua, read some Quran, and shaitan comes and he messes, kathratul waswas. And he comes and he puts all kinds of distractions and thoughts in our heads. And the Prophet ﷺ said, in, he said, the, the Prophet ﷺ said to them, that he goes, it's shaitan. He's not, a, he's not a problem. Why? He said, when shaitan bothers you, spit on him. Spit on him. Like that. Literally, the Prophet He demonstrated three times. He said, like that. Just spit. And shaitan will. Right? You're spitting on him, and he's like cowering, and then he runs away. That's shaitan. What am I afraid of? In another narration, it mentions Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam When the Prophet entered into Makkah on the day of Fatu Makkah, the conquest of Makkah, the opening of Makkah, after 21 years of da'wah, the Prophet came back into Makkah, Makkah surrendered, entered into the fold of Islam, the doors of the haram were opened up, the Prophet walked in and threw out all the idols, and had Bilal who called the Adhan, and they prayed Salah, and they started doing Tawaf, and the Kaaba was restored to the worship of Allah. Fatu Makkah. The day that happened, the Prophet Ibn Abbas says, Ranna Iblisu Rannatan. Ranna Iblisu Rannatan. This is a really fascinating word, Ranna. What does Ranna mean? The different, you know, in the different lexicons of the Arabic language, they explain it as sawtu عند البuka. Al-buka ushadid. Was sawtu عند البuka. It basically, I heard Sheikh Mikail reference it earlier. It basically is the equivalent of throwing a tantrum. Like he was talking about just laying down, right, in the middle of the floor, and yelling and screaming and kicking and crying, right? Like a, to like a toddler would, like a child would. He started throwing a tantrum. Shaitan couldn't do anything. He just threw a tantrum, that's all he could do. And while he was throwing a tantrum, all the other shayateen, all the other demons, they all gathered around him being like, what? This is our leader? فَقَالَ أَيْ أَسُوْ أَنْ نُرِيدَ 
Ummah Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala shirk. He says we will never be able to take the followers of Muhammad to shirk ever again. Ba'da yawmikum hadha. That's shaitan. In another narration, it mentions, إِنَّ إِبْلِيسَ رَنَّ أَرْبَعَ رَنَّاتِ Not once. Shaitan threw an epic tantrum four separate times. حِينَ لُعِنَ When God cursed him, when he refused to make, when he refused the sujood, when God cursed him, إِنَّ عَلَيْكَ لَعْنَةَ إِلَى يَوْمِ الدِّينَ When God cursed him, doomed him, he threw a tantrum. وَحِينَ أُهْبِطَ when he was banished out of heaven, فخرج, right? When he was thrown out from paradise, he threw a tantrum. The day the Prophet was born, shaitan threw a tantrum. Sometimes we don't realize the blessings and the gifts and the power that we have. When Surah Al-Fatiha was revealed, Shaitan threw a tantrum and he said, I lost. I cannot defeat this. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. I can't beat that. There's a hadith in Sahih Muslim in which the Prophet ﷺ says, إِذَا قَرَأَ إِبْنُ آدَمَ السَّجْدَةَ فَسَجَدَ There are, it's a difference of opinion, there are about 17 places in the Qur'an that when you read a particular verse, you do sajda, sujood, after reading that verse. Right? We've probably seen it, experienced it in the taraweeh prayers. There's about 17 places, and there's a little difference of opinion on a couple of them. Whenever a human being, any Muslim, re is reading the Qur'an, and you come, you come across that verse, and then you perform the sajda, اِعْتَلْزَلَ الشَّيْطَانُ yabki. Shaitan runs off to a corner and plops down, sits down, falls down and just starts to cry. Again, throwing a tantrum. He throws a tantrum, a pity party in the corner. Yaqulu, Ya Wayla, Ya Wayla, Woe is me, woe is me. Why me, why me? What Sheikh Mikai was talking about before. And then he says, Umira ibn Adam abis sujudi fasajat falahul jannah. This human being was told to do sujood, sajda by Allah, and he did it, and he's going to get to go to paradise. Wa umirtu bis sujudi faabaytu faliyan nar. I was also told to do one sajda, and I refused it in front of God. I defied God, and now I'm going to go to hell. And shaitan just throws a tantrum. And that's why Mujahid rahimahullah ta'ala mentions that when Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Surah Fatiha was revealed, shakka ala iblis mashakkatan azimah shadida. It was very hard on him. Waranna rannatan shadida. And he threw the most epic tantrum. Wanakhara nakharatan shadida. And he cried and screamed unlike anything anyone has ever done before. So from that point on, Mujahid, who was a student of the Sahaba, he said that people who would just like throw tantrums, he used to say that we used to, we used to say, their understanding, these are the students of the companions of the Prophet, special people. He said people who would just throw these kind of crazy tantrums, we used to say they're basically brothers of shaitan. Because a believer doesn't act that way. 
A believer is not weak. Shaitan is weak. A believer is strong. And that's why Imam Razi, rahimullahu ta'ala, and I'll conclude with this, he has some beautiful comments. He says that Allah in the Quran says in the Kayda Shaitani Kana Da'ifa that the plan of Shaitan is weak. In Al Murada began the Kayda Shaitani Da'if, Allah Yaqdira Allah Ayyadur. Shaitan cannot harm you. Period. Fact. Shaitan cannot harm you. Innama yuwaswis. All he can do is whisper. That's all he can do. He, shaitan is just, in a word, shaitan is annoying. <laughs> that's it. But that's it though. Understand that. Annoying is, you know, it's not fun. But at the same time, at the most, if somebody's annoying, they can't harm you. The other ears is anno annoying. Right? So he says, That's all he can do is talk. Shaitan's all talk. He's all bark and no bite. When you follow him, you harm yourself. When you follow him, you harm yourself. Otherwise, Shaitan can't do nothing. It's really harsh. But he's saying that, I'm going to switch the example a little bit um, for those who understood. It's like if you go to kind of like a marketplace, right? Like the flea market, you go to that kind of a market. If there's somebody who's like trying to sell you something and they're really annoying, you know when they start following you? And they start talking to you and they start following you and the person's getting like uncomfortably close like right here, right? And, okay, that's not, that's kind of annoying, but, but that's it. You just have to keep walking. Don't break your stride. Don't stop and look and listen. Oh, okay. No. You can, you can, he says that if you stop and you listen and you give in and you find out that you end up getting ripped off by that salesman, that has nothing to do with the salesman, that has everything to do with your weakness. He's not a good salesman, you're just a weak customer. Do you understand? You go to the market, you get ripped off, that's because you're a weak customer. You're an uninformed consumer. You're an inexperienced shopper, right? <laughs> it's, it's, and I say this, I can, I can say it. We can't all be mamans. No, no, no. I know, I know. He said we can't all be mamans, right? Oh, right. <laughs> but I, I can say it because I am that shopper, right? I, I still remember this one experience. We were at Umrah. And um, some of the folks from the Qalam group, there were some students. So there was a abaya shop, right? And I had to buy some abaya, some gifts for my wife and stuff. So I walked in there and I was like, this one, that one, that one, this one, right? And then pulled it off and I was like, how much? And he's like, this much. And I'm like, okay, I started reaching into my pocket. And they were like, no, no, stop, stop. And they're like, which ones do you want? I was like, those four ones. They're like, okay, you leave now. We'll take care of this. And they paid like half of what I was about to pay, right? So that's the thing. 
That, was, that would have been my weakness as a shopper. Right? And finally, this is really, really powerful. Imam Al-Alusi, a great scholar of the Quran, a great mufassir, and a nusuli. He says in his tafsir, Ruh al-Ma'ani, Allah says, shaitan is weak, period. Allah did not say shaitan is weaker than. No, no, no. Allah said shaitan is weak, period. So think about how weak shaitan is in comparison and contrast to the power, the magnificence, the protection, the promise of Allah. The mercy of Allah. So, the believer, you, the believer, are a powerful being. Shaitan is weak. Allah calls him weak. But you, the believer, you are a powerful being. Your heart is connected to Allah. You have the, you have the belief, and of, of belief of Allah in your heart, and you have the name of Allah on your tongue. So, connect to Allah. That's why the Prophet ﷺ is telling us, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Allah tells us in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran in Surah Al-Mu'minun some of my favorite ayat of the whole Quran وَقُلْ رَبِّ أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ حَمَزَاتِ الشَّيَاطِينَ Oh Allah, I take refuge with you from the poking and prodding of shaitan وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ رَبِّ أَنْ يَحْدُرُونِ And oh Allah, I take refuge with you from shaitan even coming near me. And so Connect to, the, connect to Allah, connect to the book of Allah, and have that confidence that shaitan cannot harm us in the least bit. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all guidance and tawfiq and ability. And you know, as we know, we're moving towards a month of Ramadan. And that tells you everything you need to know. Shaitan is locked up, but yet we still succumb. And that's because of ourselves. That's our strength or our weakness. Ramadan is a reflection of our strength or our weakness. It has nothing to do with shaitan. He's not part of the equation. So, um, I'm going to ask Sheikh Mikhail to close us off, inshallah. Um, and I wanted to mention, just very quickly, just so people can kind of mark their calendars. Um, inshallah, this coming Sunday uh, at 6 p.m., so I forget the exact date this Sunday, it's the 26th. This coming Sunday, the 26th at 6 p.m. Um, inshallah, we're going to be having a really beautiful event here at the campus. Um, we had the event last Sunday on Al-Isra Wal-Mi'raj. And we'll be having another event called Islam Honored Us, based off of the statement of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Kunna Allahu bil-Islam. We were weak, we were humiliated, we were lowly. But Allah elevated it and raised us and honored us through Islam. And so inshallah, Sheikh Mikail and Ustad Fatima will be speaking to us and sharing their insights with us, particularly in light of Black History Month and then how that connects with our understanding of the honor and the dignity of Islam. Inshallah. So that will be this Sunday at 6 p.m. So please uh, mark your calendars for that. It will be streamed online. So... Those who can be here, you know the benefit of coming to the gathering. But those who can't, inshallah, you'll be able to view it online on Qalam's YouTube channel, inshallah. And then also, this is a little bit further down the road, but just I thought I would leave it 
with y'all on March the 19th. Um, that's a bit of ways away. Uh, that'll be about four or five days before the beginning of the month of Ramadan on March the 19th. Insha'Allah, we're going to be having a welcoming Ramadan workshop uh, where we'll go through the fiqh of fasting, the different topics and subjects like taraweeh and uh, i'tikaf and everything pertaining to the month of Ramadan. So it'll be a very, very good, informative and also inspiring workshop where we can prepare for the month of Ramadan. So that'll be on March 19th. We'll release the details of that in the days coming, inshallah. And then of course, in the month of Ramadan, we just had a very long, detailed meeting today um, about all of our plans for the month of Ramadan. There's a full slate, a lot of programs that inshallah we're going to be doing in the month of Ramadan. So we invite you to come and spend the month of Ramadan with us, inshallah. And we'll be announcing those details as we get the month. And inshallah, in preparation of all these special events and also the month of Ramadan, inshallah, uh, the Wednesday halaqa will be on pause for the next couple of weeks as we commit ourselves to these special events. And also, I mean, give the guy a break, brother. So, um, <laughs> but uh, we really want to make it special. We have these special events leading up to Ramadan. So inshallah, the Wednesday halaqa will be on pause. But inshallah, we look forward to resuming uh, after the month of Ramadan, inshallah, binillah.